Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. And it has to be said, they are in a much positive, well, they're in a better positive uh, place tonight because there was no game on the weekend, no game for us to agonise over, no result for us to dissect what went wrong and what happened. West Ham already in a winter break, now in their official one this week. How will they be spending it? Talking a little bit about that media backlash and Kevin Nolan returns to the club in a coaching capacity. Obviously, we will be doing the West Ham Rogue Players Mystery Players Quiz. That is coming at the end. That is really all that James still... It's why he still comes. It's why he's surviving. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Call us 0208 7020 558. You can have your hammers say tonight. Well, the game was cancelled due to the weather concerns. Storm Kira putting an end to that. No need to talk about a City game. James, what do you make of it? Great result. <laughs> result of the season <clears throat> for me. Just quickly, mm. Kira or Ciara for the Storm? Because I've been having people tell me all week that it's Kira. C-I-A-R-A, that spells Ciara to me. Obviously, if we Only can just, if you're American, it's if, Kira. If we can just address the big issues before we do the football. Yeah. Well, well what football? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm no Ray really. I don't really care. It's almost like you don't give a stuff about it. James. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really. I just, I just thank who, whatever her name is, for uh, for saving us from an absolute embarrassment at the weekend. It could have, it might have gone well, James. It, come on, right? Well, it, that, by well, do you mean three nil instead of eight nil? <laughs> I mean, either way. I mean, did I say two two at the weekend uh, last on the last week's show? <laughs> I think you might have done. I yeah, think you so predicted another draw. Uh, yeah. So I might predict that again next Wednesday when when the game happens. But mm. yeah, because yeah. we are hearing now that the game may be uh, looking like it could be next it's been Wednesday. Confirmed, yeah. Oh, it has, it has yeah. been confirmed. All right. Yeah. Well, the game is next Wednesday. Need to do a little bit more research. It's a strange one from West Ham's point of view because obviously they play on a Monday Liverpool and now they play on a West Ham City. So I know obviously maybe City couldn't fit in anywhere else, but why have they done that less than forty eight hours? after Will I think just Man City had hardly any midweek slots available so still in, in the cup obviously they're in the cup competitions I know we're not we had plenty of time <laughs> we had absolutely could have played it any, any Wednesday yeah, literally any time you like yeah um, yeah Man City obviously their schedule was quite tight I think the both teams have had to cut their the winter break short obviously which I think is going to annoy David Moyes and West Ham a little bit more than City because I think they're of the opinion they, that that that's just another game to cr- or would have been another game to cram into an already hectic schedule for them. So although Guardiola hasn't commented on it yet, 
the the idea well that them having that game now just means that they've got a slightly wider spread of time in which to play loads of games yeah we, have, we haven't got too many games to worry about I, I'm not sure it really matters there was there's some people saying oh if we'd have played them later in the season they might have had other focuses but then later in the season I think or the, I think the idea being Liverpool may have won the league by then and they'll be concentrating on the Champions League I, I'm not I think, I think that's the case now though isn't it how do you mean? Liverpool have already won the league. Yeah, but I mean, and it might be City, official. City if... now have the, the League Cup and the Champions League and the, the FA Cup to play for, so they haven't really got the league to focus on anyway. If we had to play it in April, though, there's obviously Liverpool might have officially won it by then, and then it might be in the latter stages of the Champions League. I mean, I don't really buy into any of them. I'm just regurgitating some of the arguments I saw on Twitter. What about some of the arguments on Twitter that did say, oh, West Ham clear, not clearly just throwing this game away, but playing Liverpool at Anfield on a Monday night, then playing City on a Wednesday night, just looking to get those two games out of the way and really then charge into the next 12 or so games they have. Because when you are playing that in such a quick turnaround, James, doesn't say that maybe you're, it's the biggest priority for the Hammers. Which, well, I mean, it's the way the fixture list has worked, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they've got no choice. We, we, can't, we can't pick and choose when we play the games. Um, we may have had a say in terms of when this one was played. I know that they were trying to have it on this but, Saturday, but you know, I, I think I make both clubs right in saying, no, we're not playing this Saturday. It's meant to be our winter break. You know, Our game was meant to be this weekend, so we could have the two weeks. So we're not playing We're not playing this Saturday. So it's been put for, for, the, for the Wednesday. Um but we had to play the fixture at some point, and Will rightly said that you know late one in the season probably wouldn't have worked. So they just put it where they can. And in the day, we got and played the fixture as much as we all laugh and joke. Oh yeah, we might. Oh, can they give the points to us, or can they just cancel it and make it a three 0 loss so the goal difference ain't that bad? Whatever. Fact is, we got to play that game at one point, and the fact is, we'll probably lose it. Uh, so it doesn't really matter when we play it, really. I think it's better. I mean, from a um, I said this to James earlier on, from a purely fantasy football point of view, having brought De Bruyne and Aguero <laughs> in, especially for this game week, the news today that um, Fantasy Premier League are keeping it in the current game week is music to my ears. So I'm pretty thrilled with <laughs> Not that, mine. if nothing else. Not mine, because I've got Lundstrom on the bench and he's got seven <laughs> points. So. Ah. Charlie, can I just bring up a little a little topic we may have missed amongst all that, though? And in, in, fear of it, of the time passing us by and it no longer being relevant. Talking of potential embarrassments against Man City, one embarrassment that was not potential and was actual matter of fact and actually played out on Twitter recently was James <laughs> Jones having his pants well and truly pulled down by a horde of Brighton and Hove Albion fans <laughs> after, after footage went up of Jonesy daring to suggest that Glenn Murray's blatant chest control before he knocked in the equaliser at London Stadium last week was in fact definitely handball love, and VAR was I, wrong. I will say love sport or proper throw me under the bus there. No, no, because James, I stand with you on this and that for me is handball absolute mental t- lunacy touch, touch from both hand. of you t- lunacy handball. the the way I was well you know the problems with VAR this year but that the, is handball no <laughs> but the 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 way the way I stand WhatsApp group with which I mean is just the three of us isn't it but yeah. it, it it kicked off yeah but it's kicking off but no I, I, first of all it definitely wasn't handball anyway given that it hit his body and not his hand and I was alright are you I, what Brighton in disguise were you I, the horde of fans are, are you Sandra from Brighton are you I'm Morty start, I'm starting a new, a new Twitter campaign hashtag I stand with Brighton because definitely do but you did get an absolute volley of I abuse did, yeah. didn't you by all eight of their fans yeah mm. they, they all had a go at me to be fair though it sounds like I'm 
going at lengths to defend you here, James. You say it. Will said you, you know, you got a volley of abuse. I think you handled yourself quite well, you know, correcting spelling and grammar. Always yeah, a fan well, of that. I, would, I think it, I think her name was Sandra. She she had a, she said Glenn Murray thought I was something uh, a rude word. I can't say live on air. Thank you. Uh, she spelled Glenn wrong, so I thought <laughs> I, I'm, the only reply I can have is just to correct her spelling, mm. which she didn't. Five take, letter names, not hard. Sandra. She didn't. She didn't take too kindly to that. Yeah, Carl, um, Mort- Carl Mortimer as well, didn't he? He said, uh, and, I, and I quote, <laughs> yeah, Mortier as we've now dubbed him, um, in reply to the footage of James claiming that the clear non-handball was in fact handball so you could see it from his seat you could see it from your seat can you when a guy looking at a replay several times together with the panel match of the day all thought it wasn't handball and then you said he was cheating I'm not sure that swear word that he called Jonesy is enough to be honest <laughs> Bravo, Morty. Well, well, well played, Morty. <laughs> just oh, I, to I say stand to, corrected, mate. Just to say to anyone at home, if you don't already follow uh, James and We Are West Ham on Twitter, it is worth it just for the abuse that James regularly <laughs> gets <laughs> from fans and of, we must, of all clubs, including <laughs> yeah, our own. Even our own, yeah. yeah we must say no one likes it's me. becoming more regular. Over the last fun, uh, month, James really triggering other fan bases and his own Hammers fans. So uh, yeah. something to behold. That is the social media backlash. The media backlash, obviously, we covered it last week Sky Sports uh, delivering that apology to the West Ham owners it is still rumbling on of sorts Oliver Holt writing an article and I know you guys want to talk about that a little bit yeah the this Oliver Colt's Oliver Holt sorry his column in the mail on Sunday this week and he tweeted out just before um, oh, t- tomorrow's um, tomorrow's mail on Sunday column and it is an apology from me to uh, David Gold and or sorry David Gold David Sullivan the West Ham board and immediately on Twitter, he go, oh, why are you apologising to them? Da-da-da. And then the, the column was published a few hours later on. And it was, to put it lightly, was the most scathing, sarcastic apology to the address to the board. And as he put it, Messrs Sullivan and Gold and Baroness Brady of Knightsbridge, as he continually referred to them by their full titles throughout. And yeah, it was it, it was ruthless, to be honest with you. It was... He was basically saying it was along the lines of, oh, I'm sorry if I've ever suggested West Ham are in a relegation battle despite the fact that they're in the relegation zone. I'm sorry for suggesting that the the, the stadium has ever been called a soulless bowl. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. All sarcasm and point basically a way of just having an attack on the club really for... Or the board, particularly for um, for things that he sees as ridiculous that they've sort of done this season and the past few years. It goes back to what I said last week, and that you know their decision to to call for an apology from the Sunday Sky Sports and the Sunday Supplement has only moved to it's exposed them to to the wider audience, to the rest of the media, to to everyone that isn't a West Ham fan that perhaps don't know why West Ham fans are upset. And it's exposed their their weaknesses in terms of what they've done at the club um, and the reasons why they're being criticised. And Oliver Holt, quite rightly, has uh, has looked to exploit that a little bit more. Mm. And I thought it was it was just a, a cracking column because he's he's basically apologised in a way that keeps him legally sound, but at the same time, 
you can see he's having a dig. And um, I, 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 I won't be surprised if it's if, if more come out and do exactly the same thing. Yeah, it was a brilliantly written article. James, how has this gone down in a West Ham fan base? Because obviously, you know, they were appreciating that people have come out and written and spoken about uh, the plight and what they're going through. And now, obviously, <coughs> Sky Sports apologised, but Oliver Holt continuing this and saying, look, what we've said is absolutely correct. It's, it's the best possible thing that can happen for me. Uh, and for a lot of West Ham fans, because all, all we wanted was was everyone to understand where we were coming from. For a long time since we moved to that stadium, um, a lot of fans from other clubs have gone, oh, what are you moaning about? What are you moaning about? Um, they've got nothing, there's nothing to moan about here. You know, you just, it's, it's overreaction. So are being in the Premier League. Um, Why are you moaning? Oh, yeah, stop moaning. Stop moaning. Mm. Look how much money they spent on Anderson and Haller and all that. And it, but now suddenly people have begun to take notice. Thanks to... A lot of the, the people, uh, journalists like Ollie Holt that have turned around and gone, nah, like, hang on, this isn't right. West Ham fans got every right to to be having a, uh, to be upset about what's going on. Um, so at the moment, this is the best possible thing that could happen for West Ham fans, and, and in their eyes, they're really pleased for and they're, they're thankful to the likes of Ollie Holt for raising and highlighting those problems because suddenly well, it's going to get to the point, in, in my eyes and in my opinion, that that there's nothing else that they that. Golden Sullivan and Brady can do uh, other than actually admit defeat and put the club up for sale because that's what the fans want. Mm, can we ever see that happening? Well, obviously, I know they've not asked for an apology for this one, but you know the rumours of the takeover. You bid, can't they ask still... for an apology for <laughs> making an apology, though, can you? The most sarcastic apology. <laughs> that, I think I, I, t- I tweeted out at the time that I think I apologised to a school teacher of mine in that fashion I saw that, when yeah. I was at school, and I got two weeks detention for it. So I, uh, I think the. I think it's a. Well, you mentioned it there, Charlie, about will they sell or not? And I had a bit of a um, an eye opener this week. I was reading some more stuff, and one thing that leaps out at me: everyone talks about the amount of money and how money hungry they may or may not be, and and how it's just about money and they're looking to suck every penny out of it. Blah blah blah. Mm. We've all heard that argument in all its different forms and we've heard it trotted out by all sorts of different people and now the mainstream media but one thing that struck me in the week when I was asked about it is I wonder and you've got to ask yourself what is the relevance what if you're from take money aside just for a look at from a life perspective of the three of them Gold, Sullivan and Brady David Gold is 83 years of age what what would he what is his life i'd imagine his all three of them their life is west ham brady lesser i know she does the apprentice as mm. well and they've obviously got a lot of other business ventures aside from the club that much is obvious but you've got to think from just a personality point of view if you take away their ownership of west ham you almost or certainly with golden sullivan you take away their public profile completely and utterly and Whilst money is obviously a big thing, as it is for everyone in in the world, basically, in different scales, you've got to imagine that's their, their public profile is there. Particularly Karen Brady, she has a column in The Sun, she does The Apprentice, and she's like prominent as a board member of West Ham. All three of them, Brady less so, but certainly Golden Sullivan, are unlikely to have that public profile anymore if they step away from West Ham. And I think... Not to everyone, but it's human nature, or would be human nature to a lot of people, to as well as the money side of it, want to hold on to that as well. And I think that must play a huge part in it because you can sort of t- you can tell, can't you? They're all intelligent people. Golden uh, Sullivan, who obviously are the main stakeholders and shareholders, 
they're intelligent men. They haven't got where they have by accident financially. Mm. They know, and they'll be able to see all the backlash. And there has been some, you know, comments from fans suggesting that it's getting a bit like sport for them now. Some of the interviews they give would just seem to be almost goading and baiting fans, if you like. They know the situation, but I, I think there's a, a big part of it which is perhaps not being considered as much by fans. The fact that without their roles as West Ham owners, what, not what purpose does their life have anymore? That sounds a bit dramatic, but. It takes away a huge part of their public personas and the thing they do and the purpose of their days. And I think that's a hard thing for people to walk away from. Certainly, know, uh, they know the situation, like in tweets where uh, some derogatory names about West Ham supporters, and they've certainly got involved on those. Will making a great point there, but what are you saying about it? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We're going to be talking about the return of Kevin Nolan and looking at some other Premier League issues through the lens of West Ham. Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh, where we were just talking not only about the cancelled game on Sunday with Man City, but obviously the media backlash continuing. A brilliant article by Oliver Holt with his sarcastic apology to the owners and board at West Ham. Will and James giving their thoughts on that one. But we are turning it to more of a positive because uh, Kevin Olin, who's a brilliant captain of West Ham, in the last decade or so has now come back in a coaching capacity and I know you two wanted to talk about that um, amongst others Will. Yeah before before we do before we move on to that I think just while we're still on the the general media uh, reception if you like and all the stuff that's come out in the press at the moment just to give it a bit of balance uh, West Ham icons Tony Gow and Steve Lomas uh, came out and gave an interview an exclusive interview with Dan King and Andy Dillon from the Sun last week that came out over the weekend as well and in short it was Lomas whose comments were stronger but Antonio Gale urging West Ham to stop the protests and get behind the club I'll read out a couple of um, a couple of little snippets from Steve Lomas who like I said his, his comments were a little stronger and Lomas has said the last thing we need is demonstrations at home because indirectly the fans will be hurting the club always be careful what you wish for he says I'm sure David Gold and David Sullivan will admit they've made mistakes but I don't think it's out of malice they don't want the club struggling and anybody who thinks they do is an idiot now the be careful what you wish for phrase is one that has annoyed me for a long time I'm Tony Gow he said the same sort of thing not quite as strong as, as Steve Lomas there, but he said, you know, uh, we don't want to see scenes like we did at the infamous Burnley game when David Moyes was manager. He mentions that he played when the Bond scheme was going on in the 90s and that the players were aware of it. And basically he said, you know, the players don't have any loyalty, but what I think we, the fans should get behind the team and then, you know, at the end of the season, if, if you want to pr- give your thoughts then then do it then. But Lomas's comments particularly strong. James, the be careful what you wish for. I mean that that's annoyed me that saying ever since uh, it all came out in the media after we decided not to keep Allardyce the what and then the next time we the next season we bought Billich in and almost finished in the Champions League spot um, the whole like you said it right in the break it's, it's it's just a weird mindset to have to to just say oh you know don't wish for better because you're never going to get any better so just settle you for, might get worse settle for settle for average settle for settle for the worst because you know, it's basically telling people 
don't you dare dream for bit for better. Do you want me to repeat my class analogy from the break? Yeah, I can't do it as good as you. All mate. right. So the 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 thing right, behind do it, I ma- do agree. Your analogy but... involved girlfriends and and misses. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Never do my current girlfriend. Yeah. I just like to make <laughs> nice <laughs> nice disclaimer. <laughs> and I do like that you've you've yourself said it's a class analogy. <laughs> yeah, to pick yourself up. Well, you do it. No, you but I, it. so the, I do agree. First of all, just so I do agree with James. I think the that just that statement. Be careful what we wish for perpetuates a, a negative mindset. But just imagine it's like having a girlfriend and not a very nice one. If she's not very nice to you and you're not very happy, the idea that if someone says, oh, be careful what you wish for, the idea that, oh, I better not split up with her in case the next one's worse, well, it doesn't matter. If the next one's worse, then you split up with that one as well. And then the third one might be better than both of them. And ultimately, you'll be glad you split up with the first one, won't you? So it's like this. If, you know, we get rid of David Gold and David Sullivan, someone else comes in and they're awful, then you protest again. Or not protest, but well, you do. You protest or you moan or you, you want better for your club. You always hope and strive and work for or towards better things for your club and then if the next owners are just as bad or worse then you take action again and you voice your concerns and then the third one they might be better and then you'll always be glad that you you know uh, moaned about or expressed your views about golden sullivan in the first place because and happy days rather than if not if you stick to that be careful what you wish for mindset <laughs> that Lomas has said there you just stick with them forever then something that's pretty unhealthy it's another one of those sayings James isn't it uh, be careful what you wish for and they say the grass isn't always greener it could yeah, be worse. ridiculous <laughs> I mean ridiculous it will be eventually won't it if you keep on striving towards something better yeah yeah as we've said it's it it's not the best mindset to have if you've got that mindset oh you know big team mentality James don't <laughs> don't I'm not having that but you know if we're not gonna I mean that's the reason why we're annoyed at the moment is because we feel as though the the club have showed a lack of ambition um, both on and off the pitch um, so then so we're calling for them to to do something about it we're calling for something to do something about it. Whether that, whether the decisions they make then are, are bad decisions or good decisions, is completely by by the by. Really, we just want them to make a decision, a proper decision, rather than uh, have no plan, which is currently what we're seeing at the moment. The fact that they've gone back to David Moyes after deeming him not good enough eighteen months ago, for us, that's not a decision. That's just, oh well, there's nothing else to do. We're gonna have to go back on our word. So. The fans aren't being careful what they're wishing for. They just want they just want the club to act like a football club, mm. like a proper football club, which they're not doing at the moment. They're well, wishing for better than they've got now, aren't they? That's what which, and I don't think you can. Like the likes of Lomas and and Tony Gale, you think that those two ex West Ham players would know the fans a little bit better than those comments. And I think that's why that's annoyed a lot of fans because. But they're on the payroll, James. No, Come on. Uh, just just quickly to clarify that, uh, Steve Lomas is often seen at West Ham, and he does work in the in the corporate side of things. Tony Gale, I, I, I don't think that's that much is true of him. Obviously, he's in mm. he's in Sky and he's in the media, and he does he loves the club. Both men, to be honest, let, let's have that right. Both men do love the club, and I think that. And they they are players, and they do know, and that's what that's what Gales mentioned there. That he says, look, he's just saying, ultimately, whether you like it or not, the the negative atmosphere around a football club affects the players. I think, I think the fans, the, what the fans are doing at the moment in terms of the way they're planning these protests, the one they've already done, was it the the Everton game they did um, on the ten year anniversary of Golden Sullivan buying the club outside the ground, not in the ground, and the message was, we protest outside the ground peacefully. The moment you're inside that ground. You support the team. And that's the message for the next protest that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, 
do not take that process inside the ground where it can negatively affect the team. We do it outside the ground peacefully, but in a way that gets the message across to the board. So, you know, and it's too late to do it at the end of the season, like Gowler suggested. Way too late. We could be relegated by then. Let's let's do it now. Let's make let's make you know an effort now, and we see see what happens. See what happens. Let's move it on a little bit then, because you did say they brought David Moyes back in after deeming he wasn't good enough 18 months ago. One man they've also brought in to help him now, Kevin Nolan, former captain. Pleased with this appointment, James. Yeah, I'm delighted. I think um, it's great to have a chicken dance back. Love that. Um, just <laughs> that, say, that'll keep us up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just That's like, what we was missing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want whoever scores the first goal since he since his return. I want them to do. You know, the, the <laughs> could be a while. It could be a while. Yeah, and it'll probably be someone random like Masuaku or something doing the uh, King Sorry, Masuaku doing it for King, Arthur, for King yeah. Arthur for King for King Kev. Um, but yeah, and I, I think you know for me he was probably one of the best captains in in recent history at the club. Um, a real great influence in in the dressing room. A lot of fans, you know, wanted him to leave by the time he did leave because his legs were gone. His legs had gone a little bit, and he'd be the first to admit it as well. But you know, he gave us a good few, really good few, uh, successful years as captain, and I think he'd be a really, really good addition to that dressing room and to the coaching staff. He'd get the players going. Shrewd appointment, then. Would you go along with that? No, I, I do agree. At first, it was quite funny. You mentioned it there. A lot of fans wanted to see the back of. I couldn't stand it. By the end, I just had enough. I felt like he represented everything that was wrong with Allardyce's reign. I couldn't stand <laughs> Allardyce's reign either. So, um, no, it was funny because when, when it was first announced, all of a sudden all these old feelings I'd obviously buried rushed up to the surface. <laughs> but after a little bit of uh, time settling down, no, I think it's right. And I think, uh, I mean, I tweeted about it at the time. I think he he brings that little bit of steel and a little bit of needle and a little bit of... Some people will call it professionalism, but just that little bit of aggro and horribleness that you need a bit of spite in the pre- that's it yeah. in the Premier League and I'm talking things especially as West Ham we've uh, have thrown away 19 points from winning positions this season which is the highest in the whole Premier League I think he's the sort of bloke if you're winning 1-0 in a game you probably shouldn't be winning or you haven't played well and there's 10 minutes left on the clock he's the sort of bloke you want on he's around elbowing people he'll be going down he'll be tying his shoelaces up wasting a bit of time feigning a bit of an injury getting the ball in the corner roughing up the defenders making it hard for him he's the sort of bloke that you need and West Ham we've, we've said it plenty of times there doesn't seem to be too much steel in that team at the moment anyway and if anyone is going to teach him a bit of look if you're winning 1-0 this week none of this like Masuaku and Diop were doing the other day, trying to head it back to Fabianski and then mm. clear it while Pascal Gross nips in and scores. None of that. Get it out. Smash it into the crowd. Get everyone behind the ball. Start elbowing people at the throw-ins. Just, that's the sort of thing that we need. Someone to just galvanise and have a bit of... Maybe, I thought we were going to fight the, the microphone there. <laughs> no, it, well, I was just going to say, maybe that is a special ingredient West Ham are missing, because I don't know if you noticed, Will, in that uh, passionate speech, me and James, both of us leant forward and was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go on, what else? yeah, but boot it out, yeah, like, oh, a bit oh, aggressive, spite, yeah. But he was like, up for it. He give give pre- Will the armband. <laughs> yeah. Call him up. But he wasn't pretty, Nolan, was he? But he was a winner. Stop he was a winner. That microphone. <laughs> he was, he a was. He was a winner, wasn't he? And he won ugly. He won by any means, and that is certainly what a club needs at the moment. I think also what it will bring to that dressing room is um, it, it's just it will tell a lot of the player, a lot of the new players as well. It's like what it really, really, really means to play for the club because there were a lot. I know everyone says Mark Noble should be doing that, but there's only so much one man can do in that dressing room. Mm. No one else in that dressing room really knows what it's like. 
so having... why don't they though, James? Why? Why is this? Why can we say this about core well, of the side? Well, I mean, the, the, the club, as we've already established on many a show, the club has lost its identity over time. Mm. Mark Noble is probably the last piece of identity left, really. Maybe Declan Rice, given his come through the he's academy, not, though, is he? But Declan, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the, the people only look to him because he's an academy product and he's come through, uh, and he's now now down. You know, he's an England international. Um, but other than that, you know, there was really not not much identity left. It's not the West Ham that we knew. Um, so, so having someone like Kevin Nolan come back and going, Do you know what, I was I was old school West Ham, and this is what it means. You know, this is this is what the fans expect of you. Um, and having two players like that hammer 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 that down into some of the newer players, it, it might. It might make a difference. I'm, I'm clinging on to something. No, I was saying, <laughs> old West Ham, but yeah. I mean. You have to cling on to it somewhere. Hopefully that can translate and transfer onto the pitch. Kevin Nolan joining the coaching ranks at West Ham. We're going to be talking a little bit about the takeover rumours and issues around the Premier League at a minute that involve West Ham. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh, where we were just talking about their Kevin Kevin Nolan returning. Can that galvanise the side, spark them in what is the home straight of the season now, the business end? And obviously talking about the game that was postponed on the weekend and the media backlash. Still time for you to have your say tonight. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 558. And if you're listening and you're new, stay around because there is a treat as there is every week because it is the Rogue Players West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. Play along as well and tweet us your answers. But if you are new, Will just quickly wants to mention that as well. Yeah, well, we thought as it's yeah, 11th of February, it's coming up to Valentine's Day. It's a romantic time of the oh, year. Me beautiful. and Jonesy have obviously been in love for ages. But we, yeah, we just thought... The, yeah, Speak brief. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> With each other. I've, I've loved you and I'd love you for ages. Whatever. <laughs> You're telling me you haven't got me a Valentine's card? Uh, not yet <laughs> yeah but no with the uh, obviously one of those times a year but yeah we've noticed me, me and James have noticed sort of a gradual increase in, in the listener numbers this season and, and especially since the turn of the new year so just thought it'd be a good time to sort of say thanks to everyone who, who is new especially thanks to all the people who've been with us a long time as well and um, if you do miss any of the shows be follow make sure you follow We Are West Ham on Twitter and get on the podcast hype as yeah. well Apple well, iTunes Spotify it's on all the platforms yeah, we're, we're on everything literally <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We are West you can't get away absolutely from us. everything. Thank you and welcome to new listeners. Mm. And tweet me abuse if you want because yeah, join loads in. of people seem to be doing that. Join the in the and, fun. and thank you to old listeners who have stayed with the show as well and joined in every week. And remember, you can always have your say. Tweet us and ask a question to Will or James and really enjoy the banter that you can throw at James because it seems to be happening more and more <laughs> each and every week. Let's quickly talk about a couple of issues that have been around the Premier League this week, talking through a West Ham perspective then a lot's being made uh, in the media at the minute about this Netflix style takeover we could see of the Premier League where uh, the games will be streamed uh, like a, a Netflix version it's being dubbed Premflix uh, £10 a month <laughs> global I hope it ain't now <laughs> global across the world but the most watched league you know billions watch it £10 a month you can watch the game of your choice seemingly uh, Will and James this is only a matter of time before this happens well, yeah, I think I think it was Simon Jordan, the old Crystal Palace chairman, who mooted the idea first. And when I first heard it, I thought, what a fantastic idea that is. What an outstanding idea that makes perfect sense because I, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but I would imagine there's a fair few people listening to this show right now who have got Sky or have got BT 
and they only pay their 80-ish pound a month Sky subscription because they want to watch the football when the football's on. I know my dad certainly does. That's ex- if it was down to I him, do. yeah, no movies, no news, no cartoons, none of that stuff, no kids. No e-living Sky no. Atlantic, don't need it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm not interested in keeping up with the Kardashians 28. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, wa- he watches BBC One, ITV and Sky Sports. That's Those are his channels. If there's nothing on those, then he goes out for a walk and cuts the grass. <laughs> he, don't, he don't listen to We Are West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think he is enough from me during the week <laughs> so listen to me again if he doesn't have to but the only, I think it would make perfect sense but I think the, the sort of warning signs if you like I don't know if you, you two have watched any of the Amazon games recently mm. and you know the quality wasn't great there was that lag really the you know the the sky product if you're watching it through a, a proper sky box I know not everyone does that and everyone watches football different ways I think there would be some some warning signs around that wouldn't there and obviously the Premier League who would have to self-deliver and you know you've got to imagine or remember that delivering these things is a huge operation there's experts in broadcast broadcast technology sound engineers cameraman all these things at sky are excellent at doing but if we can bring James in there are many experts there are many areas to get right but if they're going to get a lot of money can you imagine every single fan pan £10 a month they've got the money to bring these people in get it right and this is something James they do in America we've seen it with the NFL it's called Game Pass you can watch the NFL game of your choice absolutely successful it's not on one host broadcaster and you can watch your team week in week out £10 a month I mean but I suppose maybe would clubs oppose it from in terms of season tickets go I've only got to pay £10 a month I'm watching every game there is that um, I'll be very surprised if it is as cheap as 10 quid um, that's a great point or if you can watch every single game every week do you see what I mean yeah I mean there, there will be. I reckon it'll be like a tiered subscription service mm. um, I mean, I'll be surprised if it wasn't but I'm I'm I mean I, I when I first heard Simon Jordan say that when he was I, think, I can't remember what, what show he was on but and I was like that's a great idea why hasn't it been done I'm shocked that it's now 2020 and they're only just talking about it now how long's Netflix been going on Amazon Prime have been in on the act mm. Apple are now getting on the act and the streaming services streaming is the future how it's taken football um, to to only just start toying with the idea of doing it baffles me. NFL, as you as you mentioned, mm. Charlie, NFL over in America, um, it, it's been a great success. Uh, that there is the worry that okay, clubs might lose out on season ticket holders, but not everyone. There's massive football fans out there that can't even afford Sky to be able to watch their team. So if they're given the opportunity to watch Sky, they, if they can't afford Sky, they can't afford a season ticket. Probably um, more often than not. So therefore, giving these fans an opportunity to still support their team in the comfort of their own home, I think it should be a priority to to a lot of clubs, really. Uh, otherwise, you end up losing fans. Um, so, the the quicker they they get some sort of you know service up and running, trial it for I don't know, like Amazon have done recently, trial it uh, and see where it goes. But it's the future. Um, I, I can't see any other any other way other than a streaming service surely as well Will it would generate more money surely for the Premier League it would I mean the, the sums I've saw but obviously because this will be a worldwide service mm. it would be spread around Prem the world Premflix yeah <laughs> you like that don't yeah you? I love it but I, yeah like I say around the world and I've seen a few sums and if it is the, the £10 a month you're talking about I know you're saying that's unlikely Jonesy but the, the money it would bring into the Premier League that would be it would 
massively like well look how much money Netflix makes yeah it would so, turn up yeah. on its head the amount of money yeah. the Premier the League the subscriptions would be crazy surely of course yeah, yeah. especially if that's cheap loads more people are going to open up to it but the thing they're worried about and the reason they've always been worried and the thing they're always considered with the broadcast packages are the attendances because you've got to remember a big part of the reason people love watching football on TV is as much, not not as much, but, you know, a big part of it is the fans and you'll see scenes of away fans and the limbs and the scenes and all this sort of thing, the atmosphere in the ground. Got worth noting as well, the NFL in America, very, very, very rarely do their stadiums sell out. You often see stadiums with, with large swathes of empty seats. And so there is that, and the Premier League are always very wary of that. And let's be honest... I know there's fans like me and Jonesy and a lot of the people who listen to this show, I'm sure, that realistically, if you're a fan and you've got the option of paying a tenner a month, you're going to go to less games, aren't you? I think that's why maybe James is on something that I, th- I think it will be more than £20 a month. Because if you think you pay for a, a pay-per-view boxing event, 20 quid, that's over in an hour. 10 quid a month, you could get five games in that month. So maybe maybe 20 quid, 25 quid a month. They'd have to be very clever in the way they tier the subscription. Mm. Uh, whether you, you only pick a certain club that you get you stream or you only pick a certain, maybe every three months and then it's tiered or whatever. I don't know. Um They'd have to get that right for to get that balance between sort of still having the attendances in ground and having the people streaming. Um, but I think it's a great idea, and um, you know, all, I'm all for it. I, I really am. Hopefully, they can they can get it right, and fans can can start sort of watching football. Absolutely, I think we can probably revisit this when maybe we hear uh, some of the dealings come out because it's something that will certainly carry on. Let's look at uh, the takeover rumours now, keeping it on West Ham because there are a few in the pipeline. Will. Yeah, I think there's been a few a few sort of lower key sources, if you like, mentioned there was there was some interest. Obviously, at a time like this, when there's so much pressure on the board, there's inevitably going to be questions asked about, well, look, is anyone actually interested in buying this football club off of them? And the the main two that came out were the Red Bull, so the owners of Red Bull Salzburg. Well, that, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, and and Leipzig. The idea of a Red Bull London or RB London, which you know the the in line with Red Bull's branding operation is fairly likely that, that might happen. I don't think that would go down particularly well. And obviously there was the story about the Saudi Arabian mega rich consortium who were going to buy Newcastle, and when that deal seemed to go a little bit pear shaped, there were some suggestions that they may turn their attention to West Ham. I mean that from my point of view and what I've read and heard so far, there there isn't too much legs in that. It seems to still be the idea that the uh, you know any any deal or any chance of Golden Sullivan selling the club would likely be in around eighteen months when Moyes' contract ends, and also I think the clause in the stadium that said uh, if they sold the the club within a certain amount of time they had to pay a bit of money or a percentage of the club sale fee to the LLDC, I believe. So, from my perspective, not a lot in it, but I think Jonesy. I mean, uh, I, I'm at a stage now where I, I'm not really that bothered whether it's a, 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 a shake that signs us, whether it's Red Bull that, that buys us, um, or whether it's just a local businessman. Uh, I just, I just, 
<laughs> Frank's calf. I've <laughs> <laughs> submitted a bid. I'm just oh, West Ham. I'm yeah. at a stage now where I don't care whether someone buys us and turns us into the next Man City or PSG. I don't <laughs> care whether it's just it's just a guy that's won the lottery and has gone. Oh, do you know what? I'll stump up the money. Like I, I, I just I, I'm sick and tired of the current era at the football club. I can, and li- I can literally <laughs> picture no you way. two in 50 years, <laughs> pajamas, slippers, will going on. There's a rumor. There's this, and then going. Jonesy, what do you make of it? <laughs> Jonesy, James going, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just, care. Just quickly though, Charlie, if there are any local businessmen listening <laughs> yeah, who happen to have 600 million quid lying uh, around. I mean, I mean to, to be, uh, thinking back, I mean, the, the last local businessman that bought with Stan with Golden Sullivan, isn't it? So, so please. Still no, a criteria. No, no, no local businessman, please. Uh, you were out of the race to, Nate, to buy West Ham United. Nathan from Nathan's Pioneers just pops up. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you reckon Ken from Ken's Cafs yeah. made a bit of a few bob? Why not? Maybe they Why can not? together, consortium. Let's do Who it. knows? They are, they are in the running for West Ham. Well, stay tuned because next is the Rogue Players Quiz. Love Sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. What a show we are having this evening. We have put a call out for any local businessman <laughs> Frank I've retracted Peter, it oh, please just put a bid in for the club James is desperate for you tonight and we're desperate for you to have your say tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 giving you the chance to have your hammers say this evening while well, we've been talking about the postponed game potential takeover rumours but now the time you've all been waiting for the Rogue Players Quiz oh just the music you just know you just know well Will as always it is tradition for you to update us on the current scores yeah so actually Charlie one thing there's a jazzy new scoreboard that we are West Ham tweeted out today I've got a bone to pick with this Oh, go on. Oh. Hit me. So just to let everyone know, by the way, this is tweeted out on We Are West Ham on Twitter earlier on. A nice new scoreboard with James's face, my face on it, but James has got a problem. Well, you've asterisked Mark Reaper, and at the bottom has gone, guess of the season. According to who? Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, hang yeah, on. I agree. So, I agree. Whoa, 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 hang on. This, excuse me, this was tweeted out by We Are West Ham's account. Let, there's a bit of mystery for the fans. I don't know whether I did it or whether you did it. <laughs> Again, it was definitely true. you, mate. And anyway, what about fans of me? Because obviously... Fans of you. Yeah. Fans of me. Fans no, of William no, Pugh no, no, FC. That's what I'm saying. In, in the quiz, obviously, people listening at home will obviously have their favourite, whether they want me or Jonesy I've to already, win. I've already had someone say, nah, not having it. No, plenty of my... Oh, that was Mike Stavrou, the former producer here at the We Are West Ham show. Exactly. He's Exactly. So the man's a shambles. He always had it in for me, didn't he? So. Nah. <laughs> well, well uh, on the new Jazzy scoreboard, mm. what is it telling Sorry, us? So it's uh, James is 9-6 up on game weeks and the points difference, if it comes to that, is currently 25-20 to James Jones. And Will, you're currently forgetting a, a valid bit of information that when James normally has a free game lead... He crumbles a little. Well, I must admit, Charlie, uh, I decided this week... <laughs> to not mention that. Given that. that my, no, given that my form's been a little bit rocky uh, up until now, I figured it would be best for me to just... Uh, for a change, I might just not give it large and make myself sound like a wally when I inevitably <laughs> lose. So I thought I'd try a new tactic Ooh, this week. Reverse psychology. Well, this is very easy. And for the new listeners, three West Ham players, five clues. They get progressively easier as we go on. The first one to get that playout wins the point. There are three players on offer this evening this is player number one clue number one finished their career at Leighton Orient in 1997 oh, wow. clue number two 
free time hammer of the year winner. Clue number three, FA Cup winner in the 80s. Clue number four, famously scored a hat-trick against three different goalkeepers. Clue number five, played nearly 600 games for West Ham. Alvin Martin? That is correct. And Will Pugh is raced into the lead 1-0. Why did I have a, a, a complete mind blank there? Oh, I don't know, mate, because my oh, just... mind games at the beginning, probably. <laughs> well, the, the hat-trick against, was it Newcastle? I I do not have that information. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I apologise to my fans out just there. Just quickly. I should have got one. <laughs> As we always say, uh, Will has the lead 1-0, but there are two players still on offer, James. You can still win tonight. I think this is actually how you won last week going behind and coming back to not win. Not true. All right, Obviously okay. Not Obviously not true. <laughs> uh, player number two. Clue number one. Started their West Ham career in 1999. Clue number two. Debut wasn't until 2001. Dodgy Redknapp signing this one, isn't it? Clue number three. Only played 16 games for West Ham. Glenn Johnson? That is incorrect. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say correct there. My <laughs> went. Clue number four. Went on to play over 100 games for Hull City. Chris Cohen? That is incorrect. Oh. Clue number five, scored in every round of West Ham's Youth Cup win in 1998-1999. Lee Hodges? That is incorrect. Oh, fine, I'm out here, Will. I'm going to quickly give you a recap of those five clues. Started their West Ham career in 1999. Debut wasn't until 2001. Only played 16 games for West Ham. Went on to play over 100 games. Richard Garcia? That is correct. Ooh. And has won this evening 2-0. Oh. But as always, the points are still at stake. And to keep the gap, James, you will want to get I'm player impressed. number three. I'm will impressed. you have the victory this evening? The W is yours, my friend. Clue, uh, player number three, clue number one. Played 15 games for West Ham, scoring three goals. Could be any striker. <laughs> Clue number two, became the first player to score two goals as a substitute for West Ham in 18 years. Oh my God. <laughs> Clue number three, went 700 days without scoring a league goal. Could be any striker. Mm. Clue number four, shirt number 27. Tony Cotty? Incorrect. What? I was 27, that's all I've got to go Clue on. Clue <laughs> number five, currently playing in Spain. Not, it's definitely not 27. Well. Shirt number 27. I'll give you a quick recap. Uh, player number three played 15 games for West Ham. Lucas Perez. And that is correct, and it is 2 oh. 1. 2 1 tonight. Will Pugh is your rogue player, West Ham Mystery Players quiz winner tonight. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Um, just quickly, now I can say it. That is the third time, James, that you've had a three-game week lead over me he and waited, failed to make it four. <laughs> it's got to be a mental block now, surely. I'll give it, I'll give it, to, you, I'll give it to you. Richard Garcia was a, was a great guess. Mm. Not quite as good as my Mark fa- Fabio De Preda last week. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Um, what, what was, I've had so many. Mike Newell, <laughs> two weeks ago. Well, I'll tell you what, James. If the fans want to know what great guesses we've both had over this season, they can go to the We Are West Ham Twitter and look at the brand-new scoreboard that tells you it's, exactly what it's players almost we've got. like you're on commission. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well Unbelievable. Said. Well said. So, well promoted. So after 
those results tonight, Will, mm. where does it leave us? So that's 9-7 overall. But as I said, James has been 4-1 up. He's been 8-5 up. All three game weeks leads. Up. He's been 9-6 up, Charlie. And once again... Oh, God, he didn't... Oh, oh he didn't like you reminded me of that, did he? <laughs> Jamesy, boy. What What's, the goal, that, What's the goal difference? What's the goal difference? 9-7 and a quick bit of maths. It's 26-22 now. Quick maths. So it's four, yeah. four in it. Three no, game weeks nine, in it. 9-7, though. I mean, that's nine, close. Seven. That is close. James, close. I'm feeling confident. That was a good week for me tonight. I've needed well one of those. Well, I'm proud of you. Thanks, mate. I'm proud. Well, that is the quiz tonight. Just quickly, then, because there was another West Ham issue via the Premier League I want to talk about. Not issue, but obviously the Premier League has announced that the summer transfer window is going back to August the 31st instead of uh, the day before the season starts. Pleased with this? Happy that the experiment is over? Or you believe that it should end before the season uh, actually kicks a ball? I think it should end before the season starts. I cut off, you know. Yeah, the problem is that we support a club that just struggles to get any business done in time. So. Not if Frank or Peter's coming on board. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> Ken buys a club. Come on, Ken. Go on, Nathan. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's just so, I mean, just shortening the window probably was a bit of a struggle for us to get used to. So, look, making it longer again might help us. But I don't know. I, I think that it's only right that every club's got the squad that they need before a season starts, and that's it. They're done until January. Um, but yeah I think that it's, it's lining it up with the other clubs I think that was weird wasn't it where you have other transfer windows are open still after the English ones shut and then not, not that it happened loads but then you have teams still potentially coming in for teams players which means they couldn't replace well, them I, I do understand that you they, need it the same as Europe they were hoping that the rest of Europe would follow and that everyone else has gone now nah, you're right. So we've <laughs> thanks gone, anyway we've gone oh, okay we'll just join just come back to you guys then yeah so. it is quite a shame I do have to agree with you James oh, I think it should be before the season starts well even though there wasn't a game much debate and much fun was had tonight as there is every Tuesday 7 to 8 on the West Ham Fan Show with We Are West Ham James Jones and Will Pugh we will see you at the same time next week Love Sport. Sports Social Podcast Network.